Hola, welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcasts. This is Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health, and I am joined today by uh, Adam Meyer, also of Revive Health, and Chris Boyer, also of Revive Health. Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. You guys even know what that's from? That sounds familiar. What Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Yeah. Gomer <laughs> Pyle. Wow. There's a show. Yeah. So is. we got our own Gomer Pyle now. That's Chris right. Boyer. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah. So, Chris, so. you've been, you are the Steve Martin. Of Saturday Night Live hosting, that's what you are to our guest guest podcasting. Um, I think what we we lose count at like seven or eight or nine or. Times, but I'm kind but of the reverse because Steve Martin started on the show and then he became a guest. I was no, guest and now I'm no, the no, show. no. Steve Martin was never on Saturday Night Live. Get your facts straight. Yeah, he was. He was. He was no. with the, in the Dan Aykroyd. This is wild and crazy, no. guys. No. Was he just on I'll, a lot? I promise you, he was on a lot. He was a guest. He was never a. <laughs> Telling you, man, I've watched since '75, since the day one. You look it up. I'm, I'm googling it right now. Look it up. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't it's matter. All, it's all that, that's all side sideshow talk. Chris Boyer's in the house. Chris Boyer's part of Revive. Wow. That's right. I wonder how many people know that who are listening to this because we've we've been slowly um, blasting that out over the past couple weeks, right? That's right. Yeah, for a couple of weeks now. Um, but I officially start in May. So uh, this podcast may come out a little bit before then, maybe. I'm not sure. Yep. When it's, yeah. But uh, yeah, we've been, uh, I've, I've written a blog post about it. We uh, kind of made a little, little to do of it at the forum when we were in Vegas a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, and uh, the Twitter sphere knows about it. Or as the uh, press release said, the legion of followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the legion, my legions, which which is good to know in case I ever want to start a war. <laughs> I guess. Well, we've covered your legions before. We've named your legions. The tweets on this twalk. on this pot. The twalk, I think, is what we named it. <laughs> your Twitter flock was became a twalk. That was on this podcast. It was. That is. I correct. think that's the yeah. title of the show, actually. Of that particular episode, we we have invented many words and phrases on this show. We have. we we need to get credit for a, probably about ten to twelve, like left side of the menu marketing, twalk, um, others, um, others, many others. <laughs> there but are, uh, there's we, two but, right uh, there. But just don't look up twalk on Urban Dictionary. That's all I ask. That's right. Well, you can't you can't you can't say that. And I'm sure I have, and they expect me not to do it. Right. You have. have That's why we said yeah. not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So, Chris, tell us about this change. You know, what drove it? Uh, tell us about what you're going to be doing at Revive. I mean, we know all this. Obviously, we'll give you a chance to share it. We, sure. being me and Adam. Sure, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I've been working in, in health systems for quite a while now, uh, two notable health systems I've been working with, and I did some consulting work beforehand. Um, but being on the inside for the last six, seven years, uh, I've done a lot of work with you with, with uh, you guys when you were with Interval, as well as you know just building my own team, which I've recently done at North Shore LIJ, um, focusing on really helping these organizations embrace digital, the full spectrum of digital. And, and and adopt to some of the some of the things 
that Chris you're talking about in that you talk about in Joe Public and Joe Public Two, the transformation of uh, of healthcare to embrace digital to really focus on targeted communications, measurable, effective ways to use digital properties to reach out to people, and having been doing it for uh, you know a number of years. Um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, I can continue on down this path and do it one hospital at a time, uh, sort of rattle the cages from within one hospital at a time, or maybe uh, take it to a, to a bigger level and really start to put myself out there so I can work with multiple hospital systems across the country and help them understand the digital paradigm, the new shift of what we're what we need to do and help them come to the table and be be as effective as some of the solutions I've been doing in the past. And so um, uh, talking with the great people at Revive and realizing that not only you guys are there, but uh, there's a whole, there's a great team that uh, smart people that are there to really help to further this. I thought it was a great opportunity for me to accept uh, the job as a, as the senior vice president of digital. And I will be starting there uh, next month. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also moving, so yeah, that's a big deal too. I know. Much, and f- much to your that? chagrin, when it's when it's snowing here in Minnesota, and that's where you're moving to. That's right, and that surprised a lot of people too. That you know that I'm actually going to be relocating from New York City, and for all those for all my twalk and um, <laughs> what do we what do we call my Facebook followers? I don't know, um, but uh, the, for all of them to know that you know, I've really embraced New York City while I've been here, but I am moving to the Twin Cities um, uh, in, in preparation for this, and I'm looking forward to that too. I think I'm moving at the right time, right? Yes, you are. You are moving at the right time. This is a beautiful time to be here. You got a good, what is this, April? You got a good eight months ahead of you of beautiful weather, seven to oh, eight. All right. Go well, ahead. wait, 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 that's wrong. Sorry, <laughs> it's April. Six yeah. months. You got a good six, six months. months. Yeah. Okay. You're safe through October, November. All bets okay. are off. And then a six months of cold. I hear in Minnesota there's two. Uh, well, we're talking about weather, which is one of your cardinal rules about this podcast, but um, is to not do that. But I hear in, in Minnesota there's two seasons. There's winter, and winter is coming. No, the joke here is there's winter and there's road construction. <laughs> ah. Well, I thought you would appreciate the Game of Thrones reference. Yes, so. I did. I like that. I like that. So anyway, but yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm going to be moving across the country uh, and uh, be taking up my residence in the Twin Cities, and that gives me the ability to, virtu- to just go virtually anywhere to any hospital in the, in the country to kind of help them, um, you know, do a lot of cool stuff, cool digital stuff, which we need to do. Yes, um, we do. I think it's important, though, Chris. Is you know when we say digital, it's and and you've defined this very well in 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 the book that you and Adam wrote, the Joe Public Two book. But uh, digital is more than just websites, right? Digital is right. like all of it. It's 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 content marketing or content strategy, particularly delivered through online. It's um, social media. It's it's mobile. It's apps. It's search engine optimization. Search engine marketing. It's digital screens and hospitals and you know patient portals and how all of that works together and more most importantly it's also CRM and marketing automation which is something that you know we're really finding at least I'm hearing a lot from from people in the market you know other other health health systems that this is really where they're 
if we're going to shift to digital, we're going to have to embrace all of these things and treat them all as like sort of a unified approach. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Chris, because I think a lot of times when people say digital, they mean website yeah. only. And, or they mean website and social media. But those are two of the biggest pillars, I think we would all agree. But there are so many other components. Uh, and CRM even is an interesting one, right? Because CRM is not necessarily digital because you can use it in, in channels that aren't digital, but it certainly plays a role in your digital strategy, in your digital marketing. Uh, marketing automation is the same thing. I mean, marketing automation typically is is uh, leveraged through digital channels. You know, email is usually the number one, uh, but you could potentially leverage marketing automation with direct marketing, mm-hmm. uh, even with experiences. I mean, there's just a lot of different opportunities there. But yeah, it's it's definitely a broader perspective that we need people to be taken. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, I actually, I actually lump CRM and, and marketing automation into the digital sort of construct because if you think about it, you have to have your digital tools serve those tools, um, and that's where we're moving towards. But quite frankly, I, I also, as you say in your book, I keep referring to Joe Public too, but you keep saying this that you know that the the whole concept of being a digital person is really kind of. We're, we're really moving towards the future of where everything's integrated. You know, there yes. shouldn't be a digital person. But having said that, I'm the new digital person. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I what I what I make clear in the book is, yeah, the utopian future of where you want to be is that you won't think about digital or treat digital separately from other components of marketing because it's just another form of marketing. It'll be marketing. It just happens to be the most effective form of marketing, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to get there. You do have to think about it separately. To get there, you have to understand it. You have, have to have people that, that know how to leverage it, like you, uh, who can think about it. Uh, that's how you kind of get that mastery. And then once you, once you get to that point, you'll still have people that are focused in digital areas, like your web or social media or, you know, email marketing. And that's all fine. It's more at the higher levels, right? Where mm-hmm. you're planning, you're building your strategies, you're going out to market with campaigns where you don't want to think about it distinctly. You don't want to have a separate digital marketing plan or a separate media plan or, you know, even separate teams can be risky, like, because you, d- you don't want to get stuck where you've got silos and we already have enough of those. So it, it is, it's kind of a, a, a weird, um, I call it the snake that eats its tail, right? Because eventually, if you get to this point of the digital future, you'll no longer think about digital distinctly, which is kind of an odd, mm-hmm. an odd precept. That's a word. I'm not sure it's a word. It might be a word. It, it reminds <laughs> me it, it, when when I just you know recently in North Shore LIJ um, when we worked on transforming their their website. Um, a, a lot of times people were just kind of pigeonholing the, the website, the public-facing website, or in that case, I had 80 websites to deal with, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but the, the public-facing website, they kept saying, well, that's a marketing tool, that's a marketing tool. And what we found is that you know the website is actually much more than marketing. It's an operational tool. It's a customer service tool. It's a communications channel. It's, it's a way, it's a part of business. And very much like you know, instead of, you know, siloing digital as being just, you know, over here as, as a website or being as these suites of tools, we're going to see an effective digital strategy is, is going to reach out past that, that traditional place where we kind of put it in the org chart. 
Yeah, it's so interesting you say that. I just had lunch with a super bright guy. I won't, I won't name him. He can remain nameless, but really smart guy in digital, lots of experience. And, you know, he kind of talked about the same way in terms of health systems. And, you know, we're behind in our industry, but kind of thinking about digital or even a website in terms of pure promotional and not uh, an experiential uh, opportunity or an operational opportunity is like, can you imagine if Delta's app, which is phenomenal, if you fly, uh, if that was only marketing, the only thought of that in terms of marketing, who the hell would use it, right? What's the, right. what's the purpose of it if you can't check in to your flight and see flight changes and change your seat and all the things that are very operational in nature? Um, that's the beauty of that. That's, that's really the equivalent of our patient portal. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, we, we tend to separate the rest of the web out when it surely be streamless, streamless. That's not the right word. Streamlined. Should it be mm -hmm. streamless? I guess it should be streamless. That's probably a security issue if it's <laughs> streamless. But anyway, no. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it, the user experience is, is certainly a, a big part of marketing too. If you think about it, if, if people have a good experience using your interacting with your health system or, or your business, right. Through, through these digital tools, it actually contributes to the to your marketing and, and communication efforts too. I, I really see that as a, a win win. But you have to have that good experience, or you know, um, they're not going to be using these tools over you know again. Yeah, people don't. In fact, people don't come to hospital websites for fun, right? No, hopefully not. I mean, and that's what I that's what I try to to tell folks is look, you know, your 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 brand is really built first and foremost by the experience you deliver, which is really hard for marketers because they don't control that experience. They can influence it, but that experience is driven primarily by the clinical experience, the office visits, the surgery, the waiting rooms, you know, all the things that you actually experience when you do business, quote unquote, with a hospital or health system. But the website and social media are two examples of where you as a marketer can influence that experience because when people are in your website, when they are interacting with you in social media, that is absolutely part of their experience with you. Uh, it goes far beyond you promoting a message to them. They're actually engaging you in those situations. It, it, you know, it's a different format, but the same way they would engage if they called in or if they walked in and talked to somebody or had an appointment. So those are really opportunities to build that experience. Uh, and it's hard to do that if you're thinking about those in terms of, of solely promotional channels right, right. cool well welcome yeah. dude welcome well, to minneapolis <laughs> once you get here welcome to revive health welcome to our new office in minneapolis welcome to the arctic tundra though it's gonna be beautiful for six months see look dude you're perfect right so you will always no matter what have mm -hmm. more time in good weather minnesota than not no matter how long you stay here. I mean, worst case scenario, it's going to be even. Like if you if you left exactly like at the end of February, whenever you leave in future years, mm -hmm. then it's going to be even. But otherwise, like people that move here in November, they're always at, at, at best caught up. But mostly mm -hmm. they're going to be behind because it's going to be like winter, summer, winter. Damn it. You know, you got to stay for And even if you stay through another summer, you're just caught up. And then, but you are, you will always be ahead. How about that? <laughs> you don't have spring or fall there? What's going on? Uh, spring or fall are usually about a week apiece. <laughs> <laughs> That's an exaggeration, but it, but kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's okay. Bit. It is okay. I, I have warm coats. It's not like it's been the warm here in New York all that time as well. It's been pretty cold is, here too. Is that Would that be your Game of Thrones name? Chris of the Warm Coats? Chris of the Warm Coats. <laughs> 
um, let's not use that. <laughs> no, no. We're all Game of Thrones fans here, right? We are. Have you, have you read the books, Chris? I know Adam has. I've read them all, yes. Oh, wow. So so let's let's break off from healthcare marketing for a second and yeah. talk about it. Because that's how that's 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 what we do, right? It's our right, right to do that. So this season, they've been very clear that they're moving away from the books. Um in theory, I think that's great because the books that they're in now, I remember Adam when I was reading these. Remember we like complaining to you like every other month, like, <laughs> Jesus, is this ever gonna end? Oh my gosh, it's torture. <laughs> it was torture. Yeah. I don't remember if it's books four and five that are kind of parallel, right? Mm-hmm. And is there there's been six books, right? The sixth book was, I think, pretty good. Am I right? Six books? Or has there been five? Oh, it's been so long since I've read that. I think it's. I think it's the been last one was the was the sixth book, I believe. Right? I can go yeah. here, but uh, um, I, I'm not sure. It's six, it's five or six. They were yeah. very long books, and the the last two were overlapping each other. That's right. right? Two of them were like happening at the same time because he literally books book five. It must have been he went away from all the characters that you know and created all new ones, and. And had to go back essentially and like tell his favorite, tell our favorite people like Tyrion and Jon Snow and Book Snix. But it was, it's, it was torturous. <clears throat> five, Some five of books. this stuff. Five There's books. five books. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about four and five, then yep. books four and five. Um, particularly four, I think was very difficult because oh, it was all new people. And it just, uh, if, yeah, if that's, is that the one where you went to Dorne? That's where he went to Dorne. He also mm-hmm. spent a lot of time on the Iron Islands, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which I like. I like the Iron Islands stuff. I liked it more than I like. Who the are these people? Yeah. Oh, totally. Because they're doing the whole. Oh, what's the name of their like their King Smelt. The King King Smoot. Moot. King the King Smoot. Smoot. That's right. <laughs> I was like, it's like, what is this? <laughs> so anyway, so they they are they're going away from the books. And I think this is a good time to do that. Have you guys noticed that already in the first couple episodes? I have, I have one of the things that they're doing. I mean, they're keeping the storylines because they're simplifying the storylines and actually making some of them intersect. You have to. Yeah. I mean, you you have to, to keep it interesting. I mean, it's one thing to read the books where you can, you where you're making these pictures in your mind you're 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 making the connections but when you're watching it and you're allowing someone else to kind of make the connections for you you can't drag it out as much as you can you you don't have the leeway that you have in the books it's kind of kind mm-hmm. of like with a character development like Tyrion is probably the best example in the books he's like a, a monster just hideous and ugly but mm-hmm. you know if he were hideous and ugly on this on the show it wouldn't work cuz no people you know you you'd be repulsed and you wouldn't like him and you have to like Tyrion um because that's just kind of the way he's written. I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't like him, but I, the whole point is that you end up liking him, even though he's, you know, supposed to kind of be a bad guy on, on, to some extent, though he, clearly he's not, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's kind of how it goes with converting a, a book series, especially like this one that is so long to television or movies. You have to, you have to take some liberties with it and condense things mm-hmm. and, overlap mm-hmm. things certain ways, maybe remove characters if you, if, if, if necessary, as long as they're not critical. But I think there's been some of that. I mean, there's so many damn characters in this story too. Yeah. There's, there's no, I mean, every, yeah. like you said, Chris, that, that book was like all about introducing new characters in a, in right. a, in a story where it's hard enough to keep every, track of everyone the way it is. I mean, you, you almost have to, I think the, these books have a glossary 
it, it, which is pretty typical of, of fantasy fiction. A lot of times we'll have glossaries in the back that um, define terms and explain who people are. Um, and I find myself having to flip back to those from time to time. It's like, who the hell is this again? Now I've, I've, I remember the name, right. but what, what, what do they do? What, where would they, where did they come from? <laughs> exactly. Well, I, but I think it's, it, it's a good example of like adopting one medium to another medium. If you think about it, cause you can't really do, uh, you know, unless you're Peter Jackson, even then arguably, I think that he, he's done it really wrong with the Hobbit when he did, the, right. the books, you know, um, you can't really literally adopt a book into a television show because it, it just doesn't work. You have to rewrite and edit. And, and he's been part of the and, and, and um, uh, George R. R. Martin has been part of the editing of the of the new series anyway. I mean, arguably, and I love the books, don't get me wrong, but I mean, he could have used a good editor in the last couple of books <laughs> to tighten some of the stories down. Yes, he could have. I mean, Holy honestly, balls. it was, it was bad. It was, it was just bad. So yeah, I think I'm trying to get the changes. That I'm, the changes that I've noticed are pretty inconsequential. Um, they're, you know, like with the intersecting of storylines, I suppose could be consequential, but they're of secondary storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the condensation of plots, uh, like Tyrion, for example, who in, I can't remember which book, but goes on this, Really like the baton death march of boat rides, and oh, it's just god. like, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, he's introduced right. to other dwarf type people, and <laughs> right, it's right. Like, it's, there's like the whole story there. I think kind of relearning who he is. I think, and and yeah, they, <laughs> that has got to be shortened up. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, so there you go. Game of Thrones. Keep watching it. Sundays Keep on watching. HBO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one more thing to talk about, then we can wrap up. Yeah, um, sure. Chris, you and I were in Las Vegas last weekend. Uh, we each spoke at the – I'm going to call it the Forum for Healthcare Marketing Strategists. I know that's the organization, not the name of the conference. HMPS is the is the hashtag, the hash brown, hash brown HMPS. <laughs> hash um, brown HMPS. Do you know what that's right. from, Adam? Uh – no. That's from the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, oh. which is a Netflix show. I have not. Yeah. Well, I've heard of it. I've not watched it. Yeah. So she she uh, calls hashtags hash browns. So we're <laughs> we're gonna good. start we're gonna start this as, li- as a thing. I listened to a yeah. podcast from a, a, a team of audio engineers that make guitar pedals, and they're kind of southern what? southern boys. Yeah, it's called the uh, Holy Niche Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's also it's boutique it's boutique guitar pedals too. It's not like your standard. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a, there's who wants a, to talk about normal guitar pedals? Well, exactly. I mean, it's kind of, of like the craft beer is. scene where there's all these little makers who make the you know various beers. The guitar pedals is the same thing. There's this there's you get the they got the big like roland you know who owns boss and it makes the 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 mainstream stuff but then you've got all these little boutique guys and these guys from this company called wampler have a uh um a podcast which is pretty good it's pretty entertaining but they're they're very much southern boys and they refer to hash to hashtags as hash browns oh there that's you go. great there you go well hash browns so, so what, anyway, was, what was your hash brown about? That was like a <laughs> that was like a triple sub reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My God. Anyway, so we were at the conference. Chris spoke twice. I spoke once. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to you know have a little conversation about things we heard, what we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got some thoughts, but I don't know if you want to start, Chris, or if you want me to. If you don't have thoughts yet, 
Sure. I, I'll start. I'll start um, in the pre-conference. You know, they had these pre-conference sessions. I actually attended the one about brand journalism, and as much as it pains me to say that word, I went to that to that session. Um, why does it? Well, you better explain why it pains you. Well, because I think brand journalism is sort of a, a it's a it's a it's a misnomer for what what they're trying to trying to accomplish. Ultimately, what what they're talking about is good content strategy and content marketing. Brand journalism has to be happens to be a particular tactic that's done um, as part of the overall content strategy that should be uh, accomplished. And uh, and a lot of people are are doing it incorrectly. Let's just put it that way. A lot of people are actually. Removing the brand from the brand journalism and oh, just intentionally, oh yeah, intentionally, and so yes. then it becomes just journalism, which to me feels like, and I don't want to be too too uh, opinionated about this, but it feels to me like a safe a safe place that journalists that have entered into healthcare communications that's a route that they go. Um, and they feel comfortable doing journalistic type things, but they're they by taking the brand away from brand journalism, you're actually losing the intent of what you're trying to do. Yeah, I've so. heard I've heard people speak on it, and they're very not everybody, but very adamant. Like this is not about building your brand. There's your brand should be in the shadows. Um, the, you know, it's it's it is a very the people that kind of. Or take this to the extreme. It is all about journalism, and I think you're right. I mean, you got to. Why are you doing this? I mean, you're not a newspaper. You're part of a brand. If you're if you're not getting some credit for your brand, then why in the world are you doing it? Exactly, exactly. But what was refreshing about this um, pre conference <clears throat> was that. They, they, it actually was about content and content strategy, and it really went into great depths. In even and the speakers themselves even acknowledged that they said, you know, brand journalism is just one of the tactics to do. And when and the examples that they they presented, one was at Vanderbilt, um, and and there were a couple of others that were actually really good. They they actually were demonstrating different ways to to use content as a way to build engagement with their audiences, various different audiences. Some of them were employees. Some of them were uh, you know the community through brand journalistic activities, and others were just simply building good content strategy and content marketing. And um, and and they they presented a variety of really really great examples of how diverse a good content strategy could be. And so even though I went into this. Kind of uh, with a little bit of a pain in my heart, what I came out of it with was actually some really good examples and uh, of of how you can use content to really drive forth some of your business strategies. Yeah, cool. You know, yeah, it was really good. Um, I saw another one too that was done by my friend Ed Bennett or our friend Ed Bennett, um, where they were talking about mobile. Uh, and and sort of the mobile development, uh, mobile app development, and when when you should consider brand, uh, you know, native mobile apps versus uh, you know um, native mobile apps versus like a, 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 a web ready or responsive website. And Adam, I know you have a lot of opinions about this. In fact, you and I have talked about this before. Oh yeah, that could you be know? a whole series of shows. Right, right. And one of the things that they positioned that I thought was really interesting, they believe, and I, I kind of, as I thought about it, I, I start to agree with them. They believe that wayfinding is going to be sort of the killer mobile app in the future for healthcare. And what they mean by that is obviously 
navigating through complex health systems, complex hospitals, but also doing it in a way that actually can, where the users can say, I'm here to, to go to this department and, and actually use it as a personalized map finding approach to, uh, to, you know, to what, the, to their experience. Doesn't that so, already exist? <laughs> well, they do, but I mean, the, the challenges though, it's that it's, it's so difficult to implement. And I know at the two hospital systems I've been at, the hardest part is that there's these dead zones in the middle of your hospital mm-hmm. where you don't have any, you know, you don't have that, that capability of, of reaching out live real time to, to some internet. So building that, that functionality into the app itself. So the app, so that they actually can download the map to their, you know, to their, to their phone or to their tablet is, is, um, is, is one of the things they kind of talked about. It was, it was, I thought it was interesting. I don't know. You're right. It does exist though. So. Yeah. I, I would assume there's going to be maybe stronger, bigger killer apps than that. That seems fairly limited. I'd like to see that, you know, tied in or integrated with the overall experience and so not just trying to find where you're going, but you know, I don't, I don't know how that would work. Uh, but there's just so many other things you could do in terms of your patient pathways and, and how you might be able to leverage mobile. There's a lot of restrictions. Like you said, there's going to be restrictions from a HIPAA standpoint. There's going to be restrictions from a, you know, a network standpoint and in mm-hmm. the challenges of your hospital. But, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot, a lot that can happen there. There is, and to that point, you know, understanding the patient experience. I think the mo- I think the phone is, you know, the, the phone that we carry around with us in our pockets now, the computer that we have, is going to be very, very important as we start to build those relationships and and in depth relationships with our with the communities that we serve as health systems. That um, you're going to start to see that the, the, you can use your phone as sort of almost like a real time. Uh, report out on their experience and in many cases to supplement like sort of Prescani uh, patient satisfaction scores you, you, there are things that you know that are, are being worked on in many health systems around this where you, you can now just you know provide real time feedback and, and yeah. service recovery and things like that which again lead to that overall concept of digital is not just about marketing right it's about the experience yeah so no that's good yeah, I would so. I would say my biggest takeaway from it was uh, just a reinforcement. I mean, I think we're I think we're moving to the right we're moving in the right direction. So as opposed to like four or five years ago, where I would go to these conferences and go, "Wow, we are we are just so far behind." I would say probably starting a few years ago, I started seeing like, "Okay, no, we're on the right path." But but just recognizing the path is different than actually being on it, and you know getting to the other side, if you will. And so I think right now what what I keep hearing over and over and over is, you know, yes, I get the path. Yes, I see the future. Yes, I know where I need to get to. I don't know how to get there in any way that you can describe that, right? I don't know how to change our mindset. I don't know how to change our partners. I don't know how to change the tools we use. I don't know how to change our planning. I don't know how to change, you know, our team um, there was a statistic that we've been circulating throughout Revive Health that was in the latest by the numbers that to me is like, 
an obvious thing, but I think just reinforces it. So the statistic says a total of, so this is of the people surveyed in the by the numbers survey from Shushmed that's about hospital marketing. Total of 80, 82% of those surveyed were in agreement that their marketing communications team could benefit from professional development programs to help build the skill sets needed to address new challenges. And that's just, I mean, 82% right there. You know, that's about wow. as big a majority as you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a recognition that of this significant shift, this is what I call the paradigm shift that we're in. So hearing that throughout the conference, having people come up to me and talk about it, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my presentation was with a VP, so a senior leader who's going through this transition. And I think it was great. She did such a great job because she was describing all the cool things they'd done, but she was also really honest about the challenges. And, and this right. is, I mean, they've been on this path for Jeez, what did we? St- so two years, they've been on the path for two years, and they've definitely made a lot of progress. But she'd be the first to tell you we got a ways to go, and right. our organization is definitely not there. And you know that's the same thing you've been doing, Chris. Right? So you know it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the audience knows it firsthand. Uh, but really, you know, A, hearing the different solutions that will help, but B, hearing from people like you or Chris Ernst at El Camino who have been through this, because that was your presentation too. Right. That, hey, you know, here are the people that you would consider to be kind of on the forefront of this, being really honest about this is tough and, and, it, and it's not going to go uh, quickly. It's not going to be easy. You're going to hit a lot of, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of things, mm-hmm. but you got to keep pressing because there's really no alternative. Right, right. I mean, the, the the need to change is recognized by the industry, and and the questions and and the the, the challenges that they're facing are becoming more and more sophisticated. Um, it isn't like you know in the olden days where you'd go to a conference and they'd be like, "Here's how you use Facebook." It was right. now we're talking about important things, um, you know, and important challenges. Like one of the one of those sessions, I didn't go to it though, but um, I downloaded the 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 uh, presentation was about how to use uh, digital to support an ACO, a launch of an ACO. And I thought that was really kind of an interesting, you know, that's like, those are topics that I think that just shows sort of the level of where we're headed as an, as an organization. Yeah, we're still behind the times. Don't get me wrong. We are, but, um, but I think healthcare is, is really recognizing that need and, and the more investment that we have, the more we, we start to to do some of these things, and more people like Chris Ernst, that presentation you guys gave was great. The the more of these that we're out there, we're starting to really start to move us in the right direction. So, the transformation has begun. It has been, yeah. It's it's been going for a while, but like I tell people, yeah. it's it's we're going to measure this change in 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 the quantity of years, not not a couple years. I mean, it, I would say as an industry, we're still a good three years away from being where we need to and things are going to change so much that by the time we get there we'll still be behind so but we're doing better we're doing a lot better i mean it's very encouraging to go out there and uh at least i'm very encouraged by it so and we'll continue to help them lead the change right we will we'll be out there like you said rattling cages burning pathways is that what you do you don't burn a pathway what do you do clear a pathway clear a pathway well, you could burn it. I mean, you'd burn the bush out of the way so that you could make a path. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. There's it's many late. ways to clear a path. It's late. It's late in the day. My metaphors are mixed. My references are weak. Oh, uh, 
That's okay. Yeah, it's a hash brown right. Bevelo-ism. <laughs> it is. Hashtag <laughs> slash Bevelo doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Pounds, hash brown. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that was pretty good. You were worried that we might go 40 minutes, and I think we're bumping right up against her. Well, no, maybe a half hour. I don't know. Maybe a half hour. But, yeah, no, I think that, um, you know, I look forward to being part of this, uh, the, the, the podcast moving forward and um, and look forward to all the fun stuff that we're going to be doing because, uh, you know, quite frankly, this stuff, I, I love this. I, I live and breathe it. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll keep me warm on those cold Minneapolis nights. <laughs> exactly. And it's great. It's great to have you because we've really struggled to keep up with our weekly show because primarily – we're so darn busy. I'm I'm all over the place. I'm and it's not that we couldn't do this remotely, but it's it's hard to do from an airport, for example. So now we have somebody else that can sit in my seats or obviously with us, like we're just doing now. But you know, we should be able to get back to a much more regularly scheduled programming uh, with both of us uh, in the mix, Chris and you know Adam mm-hmm. is Adam's our stalwart, so <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But <laughs> but it's good to have you at the least for that. To have a to have yet another podcaster in the mix, so welcome. Absolutely, to that too. thank you, thank you. All right, so should we sign off before I start sneezing? My <laughs> allergies get me, or whatever this is. Yeah, good? sounds good. All right. So for the healthcare marketing underground, this is Chris Bevelo, Adam Meyer, and Chris Boyer. We will talk to you next time. 